Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Hey, Darla here, and I have a question for you. What would it mean to your bottom line for your interior design firm if you could sign just one client from your Instagram marketing efforts? Is it 5000 10000 15000 and up? Well, if you're a principal of your interior design firm and you're overwhelmed with your Instagram marketing, you have no idea how to do, what to do, when to post, what to post, what hashtags to use, how to use ads, that the whole gamut, it's incredibly overwhelming, then I want to introduce you to Instagram for interior designers. It's Wingnut Social's very first online on-demand course with over seven modules, 61 lessons that's going to answer all of those questions for you and help you to put together a very actionable marketing strategy for your interior design firm tailored to you with workbooks and exercises and just just everything you could possibly need there. To find out more information on Instagram for interior designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, or you can go to wingnutsocial.com slash Instagram for interior designers. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, Darla Jethro-Powell, and as you can hear, I am still plagued by the crud and the schmutz from my recent cold. My fiancé went fly fishing in Maine, and all she brought me back was this these cooties, not even a t-shirt. <laughs> this was my, this was my uh, token of... Uh, <laughs> my little souvenir. There, there's the word I'm looking for. Ah, what are you going to do? It's, it's just the way it goes. Today's guest, Holly Snow Hollenbeck, is going to bring some tenacity, some grit, some determination, and some motivation. And let me tell you something. She is super impressive. And I'm not going to, I don't want to give you any spoilers, but you're not going to believe the dis- the distances <laughs> that this woman runs, or at least used to run. But you're going to be maybe a little surprised, maybe not, if you're an athlete or if you're, even if you're a previous athlete or trying to get back into it, the connection between endurance sports and having that fortitude and that stick to and that grit and, and that determination and how in the physical kind of way, how it relates to running your interior design business and some of the correlations. And I think you're going to find her story motivating. And if nothing else, I'm going to get out and try to run tomorrow. <laughs> but before we get into my conversation with Holly Snow Hollenbeck, of course, I have to tell you a little bit about her. Before establishing HSH Interiors in 2002, Holly developed her business acumen working in investment banking, consulting, and at an internet startup. Ultimately, she decided to pursue what she'd always loved and enrolled at UC Berkeley's interior design program. Now, Holly helms a staff of 12 designers with two offices, one in San Francisco and one in Tahoe. While Holly's projects are predominantly in the Bay Area and Tahoe, her portfolio includes projects in Los Angeles and Wyoming. Ooh, Wyoming. Mm, my fiance wants to move there. Mm, I should have asked her about that. <laughs> I did not, sadly. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Holly Snow Hollenbeck to the show. Hey there, Holly Snow Hollenbeck. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? Hi, Darla. I'm great. Thank you for having me on. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I love the topic that we're going to go into today, all about perseverance and grit and mindset. And you've been in this industry for 20 plus years, so you know a little bit about stick to and and having the right mindset. But there's something else about you. We were talking in the green room that's it's fascinating to me. It's something we have in common a little bit <laughs> is that you are an ultra uh, endurance athlete. Yes, ultra distance yeah. runner. So I yeah, there you go. Yes, I spent uh, multiple years in the world of ultra distance running, which is defined as any distance that is longer than a marathon. So usually fifty k, fifty mile, hundred k, hundred mile, or multi day road racing or trail racing. That that is crazy to me because I grew up running. I was just running, not on a high school team, but just myself, long distance, mm-hmm. like five miles. I think I've done ten miles, eleven miles, and the thought of doing a marathon or anything longer than that to me is just like, oh my goodness! Are you, and you're doing that now, like currently, you're training not for that. Currently, oh, I, I okay. wish now. Those, those were the days when my family was smaller and my business was smaller, <laughs> and I could train for eighteen or twenty hours a week. So I still run, but I don't do that kind of distance anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't imagine the toll that takes on your body. I, I'm trying to get back in shape running, menopause and um, gaining weight and stuff has taken its toll there. I'm trying to slowly get back into it. So that's motivating in and of itself. So <laughs> I hear you. Well, it is great exercise, I think, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think mentally and spiritually first, yes. even before physically. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do miss it. But part of the the paradigm or the, the angle that we're talking about is the relationship to having that kind of dedication and discipline and perseverance and translating that over to the business side of things. We're going to talk about you and your experience in your interior design firm over at HSH Interiors and and how you've applied that that um, strength and that perseverance in there. So so tell us a little bit about yourself and your start and uh, we'll dig in. Okay, so I founded HSH Interiors in 2001, so I am over 20 years at this point. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Before that, I um, had a little bit of a wandering career path. I started out in an investment bank after college um, where I recruited for them, and then I went to um, an economic consulting firm where I was also a recruiter from there to an internet startup in the first dot-com boom, which lasted about a year before they started to implode. <laughs> Remember remember those days? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I do. (laughs) Um, So I left and um, took about a year off, actually. And at that time, I was very intensively ultra distance running. So I had a lot of time to think um, on the trail and on the road about the next phase of my career. I had never really intended to be a recruiter. I had sort of fallen into that. And not that I disliked it, but I just felt like I wanted something more creative. I didn't necessarily want to sit at a desk all day. I wanted to interface with people and be out in the world and look at beautiful things. So ultimately, I decided to go back to um, design school and I enrolled at UC Berkeley Extension, which has a nights and weekend program for working professionals. So I was able to go back and work on my design degree. Um, At the same time, I bought and remodeled my first home with my husband and um, was just totally addicted to the remodeling process, absolutely loved it. And by the time I was done, I had so many friends and family asking for help that I established my design firm. Actually, before I finished design school, I dropped out. I never finished. Naughty, naughty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just started working. I jumped in with both feet. 
I love that, actually. I mean, hey, at least you're going to design school, right? Yes, I got some anyway. I got through the drafting. Once I had sort of done the drafting and the mood barred parts, I was like, check, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> it's probably not what I would advise any of my staff these days, but you know. Same. Yeah, I didn't even get that far. I just went ahead and decided to start and hired people who went to school. And I was just like, ah, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah, because the business started picking up and I couldn't do both. So I was uh-huh. like, okay, let's let's go ahead and do it. Okay. So you started um, a lot of, um, especially interior designers who have started interior design as a second career have kind of a similar story or they started or they got their feet right or they, they did their own homes or they friends and family and business started picking up before they knew it. Oh my God, they had a firm, they had a, mm-hmm. they had a whole business going. So let's dive into some of the perseverance parts with the, your, the, your fortitude stuff and some of the challenges that you met and how your ultra marathon running and, and that mindset kicked in for you and made a difference in your firm, in your business and in your life. Do you have any Mm -hmm. stories to tell us? I do. Um, Okay. You know, it it sounds like those might be dissimilar experiences, right? So running a hundred miles on trail or running 152 miles across the Moroccan Sahara, self-supported, which I've also done. (laughs) Wow. But the lessons I learned in there have carried me through multiple aspects of my life, not just work, but aspects of my personal life as well. Um, one of the big takeaways for me certainly is grit or determination. Um, Mm. you know, starting a race and knowing that it's going to be long, there are parts that are going to be great. There are parts that are going to be miserable. (laughs) It's, it's no guarantee it's going to go well, (laughs) but you just kind of have to go in with the best attitude that you can and decide that you are going to cross that finish line one way or another, right? Run, walk or crawl. Um, and that's really the attitude I have brought to my business, um, is kind of a don't give up never say die attitude. So even when things have gotten tough and anyone that's been in this industry for as long as I have 20 plus years knows there will be challenges, right? There Mm. will be economic times that are not good. There will be great projects that vanish. There will be clients who divorce in the middle of a remodel. (laughs) There will be clients who are great and clients who are not. Um, And for me, it's kind of keeping my eye on the prize, right? So it's like eye on the finish line, eye on the prize, Stay focused on that, right? Which makes it a lot easier to overcome the short-term hurdles or the small periods of unhappiness or frustration if you know what the long-term goal is and you stay focused on that and you're determined simply not to give up. When you're entering a race or you're entering a, a distance event, there's an obvious goal, right? There's 50 miles, there's 25 miles, there's 100 miles or whatever. You know that when you hit that goal, that you've made it, that you're, all your work has come to fruition and you've made it. So how did you decide when you were starting your interior design firm as you're getting elbows deep into it, what the goals were, you know, mm-hmm. how can, how can we re- correlate that? Mm-hmm. So one thing um, I think about is when you're running a very long race, like let's say a hundred mile race and I ran the Western mm-hmm. States 100 miles. So um hundred miles on trail, Um, If anyone who knows California knows the Lake Tahoe area, it starts at um, what used to be Squaw Valley and is now called Palisades. It's a ski resort and it runs up over the mountain and then for 100 miles up and down over something like 27,000 feet of elevation gain and loss on a single track trail Mm -hmm. finishing in Auburn. So, you know, this is going to take for a normal human being, right? I'm not an elite sponsored athlete here. 24 hours, 26 hours, something like that. Um, So to do that, it requires breaking down intermediate goals, um, right? And kind of deciding that, okay, the first, 
aid station is eight miles in. I need to make it there in this amount of time. This is how much food and water I'm going to need to get there. You know, here's the topography in between here and there, right? So it's kind of planning an intermediate goal setting on the way to the larger goal. Um, and even training for a hundred miler, you know, you don't wake up one day as a sprinter and just say like, ah, t- you know, tomorrow I'm going to go run a hundred miles. It'll be great. <laughs> it, it takes months and months and months of planning and preparation and working your way towards that goal. So for me, for work, it is very similar. So I often will set shorter goals for myself. It will sort of say, okay, you know, I would really like to pick up another project between here and October, right? That's a goal I'm going to set. And then let's talk about how we're going to do that, right? I'm going to interact with the real estate agents I know. I'm going to chat up the architects I know. I'm going to call a few of my favorite contractors and take them out for coffee or, you know, pop into the job site with some donuts and chat with them about what they have on the books. And, you know, is there anything that I can pick up? So intermediate goals on the way to the larger goal, right? And if the larger goal is growth or getting to a certain size, it's sort of the strategic planning of the steps along the way. Um, Because to me, if you think about just the end, like if you tow the start line at a hundred miler and all you think is, oh my God, I have to run a hundred miles today. (laughs) It's easy to panic or give up, right? And it's just much better to stay focused on sort of you know, intermediate goals that are achievable along the way, just another five miles until the next aid station. And I get a handful of pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a handful of ice cream cones. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Or M&Ms or yeah. eat all kinds of bad food in a hundred miler because you can. <laughs> right. Okay. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And going from my running background, I would do the same thing too, mile by mile. Okay. One mile, two mile, three miles and five miles doesn't, you know... <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm just every time you say 100 miles, I just I'm just like, oh, my, I can't even imagine uh, my the pain my body go through for that. But um, (laughs) I'm just I'm in awe. I really am. Okay, so you're going through and that makes a a ton of sense. Because it's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Right. It's kind of that same concept. Because it's so easy to get overwhelmed if by just looking at big picture stuff or looking at the 100 miles or looking at and then getting over. But if you can get in there and get granular and put your microscope to it and just do the little steps. It just makes it doable. And before you know it, you've, you're done. You've done it by doing it. it, Right. Yeah. It it is still good to have an overarching big picture and big goal, but just knowing that those steps are going to lead up to it and it's just going to, going to happen that way. So I'm, I'm a Has there ever been a race (laughs) that you haven't finished that you said, you know what, it's just the, the, it was too insurmountable that day and you had to pivot. And also did that ever happen in the business where you had to do the same? Yes, I did drop out once. Uh, It was the Miwok 100K. I still remember (laughs) (laughs) because it's the only race I've ever dropped out of. Um, And my husband, uh, was also an ultra distance runner. He, he still runs competitively, but shorter distances. And, uh, Mm -hmm. he and I were both in the race and I think I was just worn down and tired. And I got, you know, maybe 15, 20 miles in. And I just said, this is just not happening for me today. I just feel awful. I could force myself through this, but I'm exhausted. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And it, you know, it's, it was a very rare thing for me to to do this, but I kind of said, I'm done. Um, The funny part was, was this is in the headlands of Marin County. And we lived in Marin County at the time. And I said, you know what? 
I'm out and I'm just going to run home. And my husband looked at me like, what? Because <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere, right? We're like on a trail on the mountain in Marin County. I mean, there's no car. There's no like, you know, other way to get home. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm just going to run home. So I did, you know, which was probably almost as far as the finish line anyway. But, you know, that's kind of what I needed to clear my head and sort of get over the factor of like, I just dropped out of a race. I've never done this before, but... You know, that day it was the right decision. It was, it was not going to go well. I was utterly miserable. Um, have I hit that in the business world? Sure. You know, again, mm-hmm. I think any designer that's been in the business as long as I have has occasionally had those projects or those clients where you think this is just not going well, right? For whatever reason, you know, um, this person really didn't have realistic expectations and I didn't realize that, or we get partway in and somehow the game changes sure. or, I'm sure we've all had those clients too, where, you know, they seem lovely and then you get into the project and they really aren't, you know? So I have had a few over the years where the risk benefit analysis, right? The Mm -hmm. scales have tipped to where, or the positive negative scales have tipped to where I'm sort of saying, you know, this is just, it's not working. It's not working for me anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. see this coming to a productive outcome. And so maybe twice over the years, over 20 plus years, have I had projects where I finally had to come to the client and say, you know what, we're just, we're just not a great fit. You know, Mm -hmm. this isn't, we're not working really well together. And I think it's just better if you look for someone else. I mean, you know, sometimes it just has to be done. It's that, or, Hey, you can stick it out till the finish line and suffer every step of the way. But sometimes taking the exit is the right decision. Sometimes you don't want those blisters. They're not worth it. exactly. The blisters aren't worth it. (laughs) Well, so uh, the reason I ask this is because I think it's really important to note that you're going to not always be successful. You're going to have some times where you're going to trip or you're going to have to take care of yourself or maybe what you have planned, even if it's a small step, isn't going to work and you are going to have to pivot and not to have the mindset of that you're a failure or that you failed at something. It's like the Edison thing. He tried a thousand times, you know, he was successful a thousand times on how not to make a light bulb work or however that goes until he created it. Right. So I think that that's super important to remember is that you are going to trip and you are going to have some missteps or maybe you might have to pull out that race one day. (laughs) Even I can't even imagine the 20 miles being the pullout point of a race, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, you know, so that I think that's really important. And just to go back in, go to the next step, pivot. So after you do that, let's say you fire a client or you're going in there and you have this, uh, the, or something unseen or a project isn't working out the way that you want. How do you, how do you come back and reassess and, and move forward from that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think pivoting is, is definitely the right term for it. And that's something yeah. that I have learned over the years is absolutely necessary in our line of work, right? The best laid plans, occasionally things will go awry, especially on a remodel project or a large mm-hmm. ground up construction project, right? And anything with hundreds, if not thousands of moving parts and pieces and tons of human beings involved, inevitably something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to make a mistake, right? Understanding that from the Gecko, I think is important, right? So coming in with, we're all doing our best. We're going to try to make this come out perfectly, but we all realize that things are going to go wrong along the way and not be too rigid in your mindset and be able to, when you hit a challenge, sort of say, okay, well, this isn't exactly how I planned it or I wanted it to be different, but that's not going to work, right? So mm-hmm. let's pivot. And whether it happens because budget, right? Which is not, again, unusual in our line of work, you know, sort of start out with one thing in mind and then you have to VE it and 
boy, if you were really attached to that gorgeous marble you wanted and it's just not in the budget, I have kind of learned to sort of let it go and say, okay, that, that would have been great. That's, that's no longer our reality. Let's pivot to what is reality. Um, and I agree. It's the same thing in running, you know, again, start out with the best of the hopes and dreams and hopefully a very good plan when you start at the start line and then be able to do your best and pivot and accept the outcome, even if it's not perfect. Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. Yeah, I think it's a big difference between uh, pivoting and quitting. Yes, exactly. a, a huge difference. And I think that's part of there's a there's a book and I, I, the last name is Duckworth. And it's called grit. And I can't remember who the lady's first name, but we'll put it in the show notes. I don't know if you've read it. Have you read it? it? It's a- I, um, I have not. I think it's literally sitting on my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> I should. <laughs> you could literally write this book. Okay, here's the book. I looked it up. It's called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. I cannot even believe I remember her last name. But I, I'm on my like third listen of it on Audible. And, and it is, it it's, goes in to discover what it is that gives people this, this tenacity, this ability to overcome obstacles, to do the things like running the 100 miles or to start a business or to overcome these obstacles. And it put so much more importance into this, this nebulous factor called grit over talent, over intelligence, over financial, you know, economical, whatever situation you might land in. And I just, I think it's amazing. I think it's really fascinating. So getting back to that, the challenges and the struggles. So we've all had as interior designers, clients who are less than ideal client, you know, I love all my clients. You are, none of you, none of you, I'm exactly. hypothetical. <laughs> none of my current clients. <laughs> none of my current, none of my past. You're all heavenly angels, but I hear <laughs> that there could be some bad fits or difficult clients. But what, what other challenges have you had besides maybe a difficult client that you, you were just like, maybe you were like, God, is it because 20 years is quite a while, 22 years, I think we're, mm-hmm. we're looking at right here. Have you ever been to the point like, gosh, maybe do I want to keep doing this? How do you keep it fresh and stay motivated and stay energized in this industry after 22 years? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important for any creative, not just in our industry, but anyone in a creative field, 
to be able to rest and recharge and generate <laughs> new ideas. Um, running has always been actually for me, one of the ways that I have been able to do that, right? It's sort of that time when you're alone, you're not in front of a screen, the kids aren't there bugging me, you know, I'm just, it's me, I'm on the trail and I can just kind of let my mind go um, and kind of let it flow through whatever, right? Without purposely thinking, oh, I'm going to sit down and draft this, or I'm going to sit down and look at these fabrics, right? It's just more open-ended creativity. So for me, mm -hmm. you know, running is one conduit for that. Um, the other one for me really is being inspired by the world of art, architecture, and design. So traveling, I was just in New York for ICFF and um, NYC by Design Week. Nice. And um, I took the time out to actually go to the museums as well, right? So it could have been straight out work, 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 meetings, meetings, showrooms. But I went and saw the Carl Lagerfeld exhibit at the Met. Um, and it was so inspiring, right? And I loved yeah. how they organized the exhibit thematically rather than chronologically. So to understand how his mind worked, what were his inspirations, how did those carry through? Um, obviously, he's incredibly, was incredibly inspiring. Um, so seeing something like that in the world of fashion, right? But I feel like there's so much crossover between our worlds, um, whether it's, you know, fashion, art, architecture. Um, yeah. I went to MoMA and saw, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but I want to say it's Rifak Endol, who has like a big LED um, art piece in the lobby oh, nice. of SF, I'm sorry, New York MoMA, which mm -hmm. is amazing and just mesmerizing. I can't think of another word for it. I literally sat there for an hour and couldn't take my eyes off it. The colors were incredible. The movement is incredible. If you're not familiar with his uh, work, I highly recommend looking him up. He has a great Instagram. What's his name again? Try it. Try it again. I, I want to say it's pronounced Refik, R-E-F-I-K-A-N-A-D-O-L. So Refik Anadol, perhaps. I'm probably still mispronouncing it, but he has this just incredible digital art. Um, very that large scale. Incredible. Sometimes he literally covers the entire facade of a building in a digital artwork, oh, or wow. it's something that is just this massive two-story tall piece <laughs> that appears as if it's in a frame and sort of flowing out of the frame. It's it's incredible. So, um, sorry, I digress here, but um, <laughs> so for That's me, okay. it's 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 getting out of specifically looking at design world things, right? Mm -hmm. It's looking at fashion. It's looking at art. Um, I love the theater, you know, um, because of the costume design, the sets, you know, the acting is inspirational. I love dance. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's finding that inspiration and that spark of creativity anywhere and everywhere in beauty and in art. You know, what I love about that is that you're doing that from a point of pleasure and enjoyment and passionate and not forcing yourself to actually be creative or to come up with something or to think of something. You're just enjoying your life. And it's so amazing how when we have what we consider downtime, um, how so much comes to us without even trying, <laughs> or you'll have your biggest moments, your biggest sparks of inspiration will be in those downtimes. And sometimes we're so hard on ourselves thinking we have to have the meetings, we have to do the work, we have to, and, and we're not always in our, in our flow state when we're, when we're in that mindset. And again, with the running analogy is sometimes we think, oh, we have to run every day or we have to, you know, I have to put in these miles when really sometimes the rest days are your best workout when your body's healing and repairing and getting in shape. So I, I love, I do love that, that parallel or that connection there. So, and I have to remind myself of that all the time. I'm constantly 
wired and, and going and looking at my books and working and have to remind myself to have those, those rest days. So thank you for that, for that reminder, for sure. I think that's really important. And we're very hard on ourselves, I think, as uh, women in business, especially, but just as business owners. I agree. Yeah. To, to constantly be doing, constantly be achieving, constantly be, it was also the way I was raised. So that doesn't help either. I have a double dose of, <laughs> you know, a mother who like, you take a drink from your coffee cup, you put it down and turn around. She's picked it up. She's cleaned it. She's wiped the table. It's in the dishwasher. You're like, what happened to my coffee? You know, <laughs> so, you know, constantly sure. achieving, constantly doing it's, it's hard, but I, I, I have learned that if you don't, to your point, take that step back, give yourself some headspace, have a chance to refresh, whether it's getting a massage, taking a hike, going to a museum, you know, doing something where you can just not think about work and just allow inspiration to come into your life. It is well worth the time. I love it. I think that's a terrifically important reminder. And I think we all need that right now. I do. I still look at I'm here getting over my like third cold in six months. <laughs> so I need, I need a little bit more rest. Holly, is there anything that we've forgotten to touch on this subject um, that you think the audience needs to hear before we get into the what up wing round? I know. Let's see. I mean, I guess, you know, the other note I had was, and maybe this dovetails with the inspiration, but is, you know, don't forget to dream, right? So that's mm -hmm. one thing that I always loved about trail running, whether in a race or just on my own on the trail is being out in nature, the beauty of nature, letting the flow state happen and letting the dreams happen. Right. And I feel like it's so easy to get bogged down in the day to day, you know, whether it's the minutia of like, oh yes, got to pick that fabric today for this couch, need to send that purchase order, need to call that client back. Right. Um, and lose sight of why you got into this in the first place. Right. What was it that drew you to this industry? What did you love about it when you started, you know, and kind of let, let that dream happen. Right. So for me, it's, being on the trail or wherever I am, you know, reconnecting with what I wanted, what the big dream is, what is the excitement for me? Um, you know, I think the running has kind of really helped me with that over the years and it helps me return to it even now um, to remember why I got this into this in the first place. I love it. You really inspired me to really get back into my running. So thank you for that. Now, Holly Snow Hollenbeck, I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut Round? I am ready. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? It would be life is not a dress rehearsal. <laughs> You're stuck on a deserted island. You can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? Pizza. <laughs> not healthy. Very... But if I'm on a deserted <laughs> island, I don't know how long I'm living anyway. I'm going to eat yeah, the who pizza. Cares? Pizza. Yeah. How about you want, girl? Come on. You got worse problems. <laughs> exactly. I got much bigger problems than that. I'm going to eat the pizza. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally. Okay. So I love Bill Bryson's At Home. So if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It was one of those books that as I was reading it, Next to my uh, my husband in bed at night, I'd be stopping and saying, listen to this, listen to this. It's fantastic. Um, Bill Bryson and his family rented a, I believe it was a parsonage in England and lived in it for a year. And he got inspired by the different rooms in his home and looking at human history and the evolution of our homes room by room. So for example, the bedroom, he examines the history of sleep and sex and death, right? The bathroom, he examines the history of hygiene, the kitchen, the history of food. So it's an amazing look at sort of the evolution of human life and our dwellings through the lens of the home. And I just found it, of course, you know, for what I do for a living, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. totally compelling and a very entertaining read. I love that too. It has like an anthropology kind of bent to it. So it that's not, yeah, I love that. I love anthropology and, and all that stuff. All right. 
So, Holly Snow Hollenbeck, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and we'll call it a day. Okay, great. Um, so, our website is hsh-interiors.com and we are on Instagram at hshinteriors. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to go out there and run tomorrow when I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Get well, and I hope you enjoy your run. Thank you, Darla. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I do hope that you enjoyed this interview with Holly Snow Hollenbeck. She's super inspiring and very impressive. My goodness, I can't even imagine running 100 miles. I'm going to get out there tomorrow and try to run a quarter of a mile and try to get back in shape. And I'm going to be thinking of you, Holly, and thinking of how I don't have to run that extra 99 and three quarters. (laughs) So thank you for that. I really love the parallels and the analogies with the running and, and the character building and and all that that discipline and tenacity builds and translates over to running a business, an interior design business, or really into anything that you want to do and put your head down to. And I think it, it is super important to remember that rest days really are the most important days. That's where you build and you recover and your body repairs itself and your mind rests and has the freedom and and the is untethered to maybe even come up with your best ideas, right? So don't be too hard on yourself. Just keep going. Get out there. Keep mile after mile. Set those little, little goals, little goals, always keeping the big pictures in mind. And remember, if you if you fail or if you have to pull out of a race at 20 miles, <laughs> I still can't imagine that. It's not a failure. It's just part of the progress. All right, guys, that's it for this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to follow us on our YouTube channel designed by Wingnut Social. You can see our beautiful Holly Snow Hollenbeck and all her glory and all of our guests and uh, my fabulous producer, Nicole Lyons, will put in work and all kinds of like little fun things. And of course, we have our bloopers at the end. And sometimes you have to see them to believe (laughs) that's designed by Wingnut Social on YouTube. Remember, if you need help with marketing your interior design firm, or if you're a to the trade vendor, or if you're in the, the home shelter sphere at all with your business, that's all we do. We specialize in marketing, digital marketing for those businesses, wingnutsocial.com. And we'll see you next time. Until then, remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. little bit of by little bit because it's so much it's so much it's edit <laughs> but I keep thinking of it let me I'll, I'll google it real here grit let me yeah, get grit yeah. so I can have that but you should read it. it's really good grit the power of passion and perseverance so I can recommend it is it Duckworth maybe it's it Tammy Duckworth maybe is that sound maybe. right um, I, yeah, I can like, okay. And, okay, I can visualize it sitting <laughs> on the wall of books that I keep telling myself I'm going to read someday in my retirement when I have free time <laughs> I love it I, that's a, a Mm, edit. <laughs> Guys, I think today's show is going to be so motivational and inspiring on a different level. Today's guest, Holly Snow Hollenbeck of mm, 
<laughs> Today's guest, Holly Snow Hollenbeck, runs 100 miles for fun. <laughs> At least she used to. And she still does run, actually. And for more for fun. I'm... I'm uh, God damn it. Holly developed her business acumen working in investment banking. Banking. All right. But before I get into my conversation with Holly Snow Hollenbeck, let me tell you a little about her. Before establishing... <laughs> Good boy, Mango.